0: So my name is Jose uh Jose am uh, Jose Carrillo. I was uh born and raised in Chicago. Um I was born in the back of the Yards and uh God grabbed the hold of my heart at the age of 23. the Age of 23 and brought me to new life when I was like uh 23 and a half years old and uh by God's grace I've been part of new life already for for about 23 years, you know, 23 years and um but anyways, but I wanted to share um um 8 years ago my wife and I went with my three kids we went to mexico and um and thank you pastor tom uh, i'm gonna i'm I'm sorry i'm gonna share different stories but i'm not into my message yet i just wanted to share a quick announcement (laughs) so uh, i'm gonna see i usually uh what is it 10 o'clock is that 10 o'clock right yeah it's a a good clock okay anyways i'm gonna try to be fast but but anyways but pastor tom last year um about two years ago he called me up because of kent richardson he's part of new life norwich and he wanted to know what was going on in all, you know, and, and as far as what we were doing and, and uh anyway so we just shared with him what we were doing and after that Pastor Tom said, Hey, when you come back to Chicago I want you to come visit one of our church locations and uh and anyway so I come and I said, Hey, can I come and physically share what we're doing and uh, at our church location And he said yes and you could also preach too. I was like, What? <laughs> I was like what? Preach too? I was like, No way and uh, I was like, I'll preach too, you know, but and and anyway so so I ended up preaching, and I've I, I been the pastor at one of the church locations over there for the past four years, and we, we in Queretaro, as a church, New Life, we've been there already 10 years. Amen. This past month, we celebrated 10 years. Amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> and we're, we're also, the we have the same model. Like here, we're one church, but we meet in multiple different locations. So we have three churches, and I, I've been leading one of the churches with my wife uh, for, for already for four years. And it's been a blessing, but one of the things that New Life, and I mean New Life Montclair, New Life Norwich, that these different locations, we're on the birth of starting a, uh, an, a home, like a restoration home for kids. Wh- what we want to do is, is uh, we want to rescue kids and restore families. And what I mean by that is like, uh, is, is like there's many kids in our community, in Querétaro, and I believe all over the world, even in, in here in Chicago, there's many kids, they live in dysfunctional homes, you know? And these functional homes, there's parents that are struggling with alcohol and drugs and they're dragging their kids into this lifestyle, you know? And, and they don't have a future or hope, these kids, because that's the pattern that they're gonna follow too, the kids, right? Because they, they, they see what their parents are doing and that's what's gonna happen. But what we wanna do is we wanna prevent these kids from going into the system, And we want to give an opportunity to the parents if they're willing and wanting to go to an alcohol and drug rehab to get their life in order. And we're going to take custody of the kids for the short time as we pray and we fast with the kids so that God touches the lives of parents and they come out transformed by the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what we're hoping (laughs) to have happen. And we've been working already with families and we've seen it. We've seen it, Well, we've taken some families to alcohol and drug rehabs, and, uh, and and we're meeting with the family on a regular basis. We're praying and fasting, meeting, studying God's word, and they come out transformed, you know, and they come out transformed, and, and, uh, and, and so we're hoping that to happen, and, 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 and if there isn't restoration, though, if the parents keep going back to the same garbage of alcohol and drugs, then the home, we're going to ask custody of the kids so that they get an opportunity to not live and keep living that lifestyle. You know what I mean? So that's what we're hoping. And and, and December 13th, Pastor Tom, December 13th, when we go back, my wife and I and and the Board of Directors, (coughs) we're already going to sign the legal document to start the home. We're hoping to start the home already where we're going to be having this area, uh, the home for the kids. And in the future, we're hoping to have both entities, like the, the home for the kids and also alcohol and drug rehab, where we're both working together, and where the parents know exactly where their kids are at, where they're having visitation, where we're both working hand in hand, so that so that uh, so that we're both relying on the Spirit of God to transform these parents and transform these lives. Amen. So 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 next year, next year I believe we're going to be functioning already, you know. And we do have. We would love for you to come out there, uh, New Life Montclair, and come visit us. Amen. Who's, who, who would like to come? I, I remember I was at, uh, at one of we our churches. Of yeah, yeah. So hopefully you guys could come down, and uh, you guys could come during the winter weather here and come uh, serve over in Queretaro. It's like beautiful weather in the winter, you know? But anyways, but let's pray. Let's pray and get ready for the sermon. So Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for, um, for New Life Montclair. I thank you, Lord, for the faces that are here. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving me this opportunity to share your word, and I ask and pray in Jesus' name. May the words in my mouth, meditations in my heart, may they be acceptable in your sight. And I pray in Jesus' name, may it be you that teaches us, corrects us, rebukes us, and trains us in righteousness so that we are thoroughly equipped for every good work in our lives, Father. So we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. amen. <laughs> cool. All right. So, but um, so I just wanted to share but yeah, God, God uh, grabbed a hold of my life, too. At the age of 23, I was involved in alcohol and drugs. And <laughs> by God's grace, he, he transformed my life. And I've been living, like I said, for 23, for 24 years already, half my life for the Lord. And I'm excited about that. And, and, and I don't know where you're at, how long you've been in your walk with the Lord, but it is the best thing you could do in following the Lord. Amen. It is literally the best thing you could do. Amen? And and look at um, what we're going to be talking about today. That the title, if you're taking notes, is called Kingdom Focus. And if you want to go to your Bible in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be looking at the story. Pastor Tom shared part of this story last week. And I'm going to go to the next story that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6. reading, he, sh- he read last week from 19 to 24, and I'm going to be reading the following verses from 25 to 33, and uh, if you're taking uh, notes, the first point yeah. is this, stop chasing, seeking after things that fade and spoil, that's uh, the first point, stop chasing, seeking things af- after after things that fade and spoil, so I'm going to read from verse 25 all the way to 30. 31. It says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important?" Than food? Sorry, sorry about that. should have done a mic check right before I came up here. It says, it says uh, "Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes?" It says, "Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them." So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Amen? Amen. 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 So, okay. So Jesus here is talking to the multitudes. This is literally in the smack of of a bunch of teachings that he is doing, uh, as he has many people listening to him. And this is a a section that he's talking about us not worrying after essential things that are essential you know like food and clothing and they were essential food at that time and at this time still it's an essential thing for us to eat to fuel our bodies but also clothes it's an essential thing for us to wear it was essential then and it's essential now but that should not be our primary focus your elder was just recently pretty much beginning my sermon you know a little while ago he was saying hey this should not be an essential thing that we run after and saying, hey, this is what I live. This is what I live for. This is what I do. Jesus was trying to tell people, hey, these are temporal things, but this isn't what life is about. There is more eternal things that you should be chasing after, you know. And, uh, and, and one of the things is uh, many people, this is, he talks about food and clothes, but there is many other things that us, that we do here in the U.S. chase after. What are those things, church? Money, cars, homes, fame, comfort, pleasure, whatever it is, we chase it after those things and we think that's what life is all about. But it's not. It really isn't. They bring some satisfaction, yes, but it isn't isn't the eternal thing that Jesus is trying to say, hey, these things are going to fade. These things are going to spoil the food, but we should be chasing after eternal things, chasing after the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Amen. amen. These are the things that we should literally be chasing after. And and um, wh- 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 every time I come to Chicago, I do love food. In Querétaro, we don't have Chicago-style food. We don't. I mean, we don't have Chicago-style pizza, and, and I really don't. We don't. The closest thing to Chicago style pizza over there is little Caesars. <laughs> that's what I get. I get little Caesars, but that's not the thing, you know? So when I came, I came, I had the favorite pizza that I enjoy. I had the first day that I was here, I, I took even a picture of the food wow. that I I took a picture. <laughs> but that's not what I'm coming for. That's not what I live over there for. You know what I mean? I come here to do kingdom work. Amen. I, I enjoy it. There's an enjoyment of food. Yes. And there's an enjoyment of clothes and things that we do, yes, but these aren't the things that we should be be running after. Like, look, at I love what uh, uh, Francis Chan, he's a pastor, he shared this to one of the churches. One time when he was preaching, and he said this. He said, as eternity gets closer, he said, we should be letting go of things we have here on earth and not accumulating things. Like the elder was just sharing right now, what's that one phrase that we use here? The person with the most toys, what? wins. No, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't really be that, church. What we have here on earth, we're not going to take it to heaven. We're not taking it to heaven. Our clothes, our belongings, our, our retirement funds, we're not taking it to heaven. What are we taking to heaven? You know? It's our soul. It's our relationship. It's what we have done here for the kingdom of God. That's what we take to heaven. And we're going to get treasure in heaven. Once Jesus sees everything that we've done, what we've done, it's going to either burn. It's going to burn and say, hey, what you've done for me, if, if the precious stones that you've done, the kingdom work that you've done, is it going to pass the fire? Is it going to pass? And I love what Jesus says in John four thirty-four. His disciples had left him, and they had went to go get food. They went to go get food, and they were on a mission, Is it a mission, and they go get food for him, and he comes back, and he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. And as he's speaking to the Samaritan woman, the disciples wanted him to eat. And he was speaking to this woman about kingdom stuff. And as he's speaking to them, the disciples says, hey, you want the food that we just got you? And Jesus says this. He responds to them. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What he's saying, I want to finish his kingdom work. And that's what we should be about, church. We should be about his kingdom. And not just food. Serious. Not these temporal things, but we should literally be about. But Pastor Tom just said mission. Kingdom mission. Amen? Amen. And this, this is the second point. Look at, the second point is this our job is to chase after the kingdom work. Read for me verse 33. Look at verse 33 says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen? Amen. This is our main text. This is pretty much the the meat of what Jesus is saying. And uh, uh, seeking God's kingdom, what he's saying right here, he says, seek first his kingdom. Seeking, that word means we need to do it continuously. We need to do it regularly. We need to do it constantly. We need to be chasing after these things. We need to be wanting to do this on a regular basis. It's like an example that I could give you is if some of you say, hey, I want to lose weight in 2024 or I want to do certain things and you want to do it, you want to do it and you do it. You do it. You're in the gym, not just in January, February, but you're there all the way till December, you know. You really want it, or you want certain amount of money in your retirement fund. You know, you want, you chase after some of those things, don't you? You do, you work hard at some of these things, whatever it is, whether it's a business, whether it's a retirement, whether it's a family that you want uh, to be restored, you chase after these things, and the kingdom work that God is talking about here, he's saying we chase after it, we want it, we long for it, we need it, and we desire it. This is part of our life. That we should be king about kingdom, uh, God's kingdom, Amen. Amen. And uh, and this is what it is, and 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 uh, and what Jesus, what as he shares right here, he mentions his about the kingdom of God regularly, constantly. He he mentions it in Mark one fifteen, Mark ten fifteen, Mark 15 42, 43, Luke seventeen twenty, and even in this text that we're reading in Matthew six ten, right a little bit before it, he. Uh, his disciples had asked him, teach us how to pray. And remember the Lord's Prayer? What's the phrase that he says? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So was talking about the kingdom of God and, and, uh, and, 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 and so anyway. So as he's sharing that, it's an important thing. As Pastor Tom, I heard, I don't know if he said it here, but I heard his sermon from Norwich. When Jesus repeats certain things, it's something that he wants us to know about because it's important. All right? And this is important, church. And, uh, and I'm going to read just this paragraph in, in, uh, just so that we understand what the kingdom of God is. I got this uh, information from Bible.org. Um, I, look, I like uh, uh, studying from this uh, section, uh, this website, I mean. They give you some really good information, so we further, we get to understand a little bit more what certain things mean about uh, God's Bible, about the Word of God. Uh, so I'm going to read it. It says, More narrowly, narrowly, the kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who willingly submit to God's authority. Those who defy God's authority and refuse to submit to him are not part of the kingdom of God. In contrast, it says, Those who acknowledge the lordship of Christ and gladly surrender to God's rule in their hearts are part of God's kingdom, part of the kingdom of God. In this sense, the kingdom of God is spiritual. Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world, as he says in John 18, 36, and he preached that repentance is necessary to be part of the kingdom of God, uh, for people to go to the kingdom of God, Matthew 4, 17, repent from their sins that the kingdom of God can be equated with the sphere of salvation is evident in John 3, 5, 7, uh, where Jesus says that, that the kingdom of God must be entered by being born again as he's speaking to Nicodemus in that story. So does that make sense? Yes. Well, the kingdom of God, it, it's, it's spiritual. It's in, our hearts. You know, it's in our hearts. It's in our hearts. It's in our hearts, and what it is, church, what it is is a person understands like, if I don't know where you're at spiritually right now, what's your relationship with the Lord? I don't know uh, how you are. If Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, if you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, if you've accepted that He died on the cross for you, you understand that, you understand it here and here, and He is Lord of your life, then you're understanding that He is, uh, that that's about the kingdom. Because think about it, church. Think about it. Where was your Where was your life? before Christ. Where was your life and how was your life before Christ? You know what I mean? How was your life before Christ? Pastor Tom, I, I know his stories. I've heard him preach. He comes from an alcoholic background, a rough background. He's pretty still rough around the edges. <laughs> you know. But God is transforming him. You know? He transforms all of us. transforms me. I was pretty bad too. I was a mess. And God is still transforming me. Amen. Amen. He transforms all of us. My wife could tell you; she could tell you. My wife is right there, on my on my uh, right hand. She's she's right there, you know. But yeah, she she could tell you, "Hey, Jose is not a saint. I'm not. You know, I'm not a saint. God is transforming by God's grace. You know. And 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 I don't want to get off the point because that's the second point about um about what we should be about about God's kingdom. But I wanted to share this is is uh, look at church. But I wanted to share this is just um, when he transforms us or about uh, his kingdom. I'm talking about the, God's kingdom. When somebody understands yes the concept that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for us, he paid for our sins, we allow his kingdom to come into our lives. We allow his kingdom to come to our life, you know, and we're saying I'm no longer the one who calls the shots. Now he is Lord. As as we have prayed, if some of you have prayed the sinner's prayers, the sinner's prayer where it says I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I will be saved, right? It says what we're saying right there is that he becomes Lord of my life now. I'm no longer the Lord of my life. I'm no longer the one who calls the shots. Now Jesus is Lord, and we're allowing his kingdom to rule in our hearts and our lives, and now that becomes, uh, he becomes, he, he gives us, that's our focus. Thank you. That becomes our focus. That becomes our focus as he begins to transform and change our lives. Amen? Amen. And and think about this. I love this verse that the Apostle Paul, he understood it. He understood where God brings us from and where he takes us and what we should be about now. Uh, Look at what the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 1.13. He says, for he rescued us from the domain or from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son." And his beloved Son is Jesus Christ, and he's God Himself, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Who says amen to that? Think about it, church. He literally transferred us from Satan's grip to his grip. We were at one point Satan's children, and now we're his children. We should be excited about that. Serious. That gets me excited. And it should get you excited and saying, hey, I am his son, I am his daughter now. At one point I wasn't, and now I am. And as we get excited about that, and we should get excited about that, we should want our sphere of influence, others, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's neighbors, whether it's your own kids, also being part of this kingdom, also being part of our family, and we should be excited, we should be, as we're going to be celebrating this week, Thanksgiving, we should be the most grateful people on the face of this planet. Amen? (laughs) Seriously, we should be. We should be the most grateful people on the face of this planet because of where he has brought us from and who we are now in him. Amen? And so as we are celebrating Thanksgiving this week, this Thursday, you should be sharing with your family members, whoever you're celebrating with, and even thanking thanking God and saying, thank you, God, that I am part of your kingdom. Thank you, God you're transforming me, which is going to be the second point, uh, the last point, uh, that I'm, you're transforming me into your image. Amen? And you should be sharing, and this is the, the, the thing that I wanted to share with this point about his kingdom, about chasing after it. How do we chase after it? We allow God to keep ruling and reigning in our lives, and we start telling people about his kingdom too. That's how we chase after it, so other people come to know Jesus as well too. Amen? So when you're celebrating in this, thanks- this week Thanksgiving, should be, we should be telling our family members, do you want to know about this king I serve? Do you want to know about this Lord that changed my life? Do you want to know? Amen? And we should be. And look at because the Apostle Paul clearly uh, understood that he wanted to chase after the kingdom and seek after it and tell other people about him. And then he tells the church, now it's your uh, your call to, 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 to tell people about the Lord. Look at what he writes in second Corinthians chapter five verses seventeen to twenty one he says, therefore, if anyone is in, if, therefore if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is about his kingdom it 's about reconciling the whole world to himself, and, and that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting People sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. It says we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, his ambassadors, his representatives, uh, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sinned for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen? Amen. I heard somebody say this. The closest thing that people are gonna come to know Jesus is us. If you're allowing Jesus to transform your life, Him to be Lord of your life, you should be. That's that's the next point. You should people start should start seeing Jesus in us and not Julian, not Jose, not uh, uh, us. They should start seeing Jesus in us. Amen. Because look at look at this. That's the third point. The third point is our job work is to, to chase after the righteousness of God. Um, I'm going to read verse 33 uh, again. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Uh, that's the third thing that we need to chase after, his righteousness. Amen? Amen. And, and, and as I said, what seek is, it's continual seek after. Continue, want to be like him so we can reflect him. Remember that song uh, for some of us that are older? I don't know if the younger crowd remembers it. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be like who? Like Mike, right? I want to be like Mike. But we should literally, once you come to know Jesus, we should try to be like who? Jesus. We should try to be like Jesus. And and look at, because there is tons of verses. I mean tons. Of verses that share with us that Jesus, that we should reflect Him. I'm not going to read all of them. I had like ton of them. I'm just going to read five of them. But look at it says it throughout the whole, uh, almost the New Testament. In First John two six, it says, "Whoever abides, whoever says he abides in Him, He's talking about Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which He walked." First Corinthians eleven one says. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. Ephesians five one says. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children. Second Corinthians three eighteen. And we all, with unveiled faces, unveil, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, so as you are allowing Jesus to be Lord of your life. That's what I was beginning to say. If you're you're allowing Jesus to be Lord of your life and his kingdom has come into your life, we should be having a hunger and a desire to be like him. And our life should be going from glory to glory to glory. When people see you, they should not be seeing you anymore. They should be seeing Christ in us. Amen? And people should be saying, your husband, your wife, your kids, should be saying, who are you? Or your siblings, whoever it is, they should be saying, who are you? And we should be saying, it's not me, it's Christ in me. Amen? It's Christ in me. And uh, and I love this last verse. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Amen? That's one of the Beatitudes. And uh, and, and this is what I want to share about just that, that verse. If you're a believer in Christ, if you have the Spirit of God, there should be an inkling, a desire. That's part of evidence of that you're a believer. There should be a hunger, a new taste, a new appetite for being holy. Amen? For being like our Heavenly Father. But there is still a warfare within us of, of, of our old flesh. It's going to be there till we are present with the Lord. There is still a desire for sinning, for flesh, because it brings us pleasure. But we should be dying to that and saying, no, I don't want that anymore. I don't want this anymore because it doesn't bring me pleasure as much as trying to be like Christ. And when we do sin, when we do sin, there, is, there should be like a, a conviction of the Holy Spirit. There should be a feeling of sadness within our soul and spirit. And we should be saying, God, I want to be like you, Jesus. Amen? Amen? Seriously, it should be something that you want to do and we need to do because it, it is a reflection. If you don't have that hunger and desire, I would question if you're a believer or not. Seriously, I would question and say, hey, am I really... a uh, follower of Christ? Do I have the spirit of God within me? And I would want you, church, those that are here, those that are not, that, that, that don't have that certainty, I would want you to have it before you leave this morning, before you leave, because it is literally the best thing you could do to be like Christ, to know that you're saved, to know that the spirit of God lives inside of you. I, I, I share this regularly. Following the Lord is literally the best thing you could do in your life. Chasing after other things they're (laughs) garbage, they're meaningless, they're rubbish the Apostle Paul says, they're meaningless the compliments that he had the things that he had, they don't mean anything compared to knowing Jesus Christ nothing nothing, serious there's nothing compared to knowing Jesus Christ and I want you to follow Jesus and know Jesus like your Lord and Savior and I'm serious, you're going to live the abundant life that he gives us, amen And you're going to experience that abundant life that He gives us because it is full of of knowing who He is and uh, who He's like and what He wants for you and how much He wants to bless you uh, with amazing things. Amen. Because look at and 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 what are some things that we could do to seek righteousness? What are some of the things that we could do? I just want have a few, but there's many. There's many things, but I just have a few things. One thing we could do is have a prayerful life. You know, have a prayerful life, in constant communion with the Lord, just the same way that you speak to a husband and wife or your kids or whoever it is and having a relationship, having a conversation is you are now beginning to have a relationship with the Lord. You're talking to him about your ups and downs and whatever it is. You're sharing your heart with him. And that's what Jesus wants us to be in constant communion with him. Another thing is being obedient to God's word. Whatever God's word says, you hear it here on Sunday mornings. You hear it throughout the week we try to obey it so we're reflecting whose character Jesus's character you know we try to reflect his character of being humble forgiving of of uh, if you have a issue with anger you try to be loving and kind you try to have self-control being part of the fruit of the spirit and the only way church that we get to uh, be obedient to God's word is how by what yes By being in the word, that's the last thing I just wanted to share. By being in the word, by being in the word, by being in the word, it's how we start getting to know God's character, getting to know who he is, getting to know who he is so that we begin to act like him. Amen? Amen? And uh, I love this psalm. I'm going to read this psalm, Psalm 1, and I'm just going to share a few things. What this psalmist says about God's law, which is equated equal to God's word today, but look at what he says in Psalms 1. You could go there uh, with me in the Bible if you want it, if you have it. I think we might have it up on the screen too, but look at Psalm 1, what it says. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord? So he delights, he enjoys the law of the Lord, which is pretty much equal to God's word. And who meditates on his law, his word day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, uh, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord watches over the righteous, but the way of the wicked uh, leads to destruction. Amen? Amen. so this psalmist he delights one in the law of the word, uh, law of the Lord. The second thing is he meditates on it, his word day and night, day and night thinks about it regularly. Meditating is just pondering, thinking about it, uh, what God's word says on a regular basis. And, and, and I want to share this and, and memorize it. Okay, memorizing scripture too, you could be like, that's part of meditating too if you memorize scripture. But one thing I wanted to say is when this device came out, who has one? Where's a cell phone? Pretty much everybody, right? Yeah, I think everybody does. When this device came out, whether you're young or old, uh, uh, before I get to that challenge, (laughs) before I get to that challenge, I want to ask, I want to ask, you don't have to raise your hand, but who reads his word daily? Who reads his word daily? And some of us say, some of us say, I don't have time. Jose. (laughs) I don't have time. I live a busy week, busy day, I wake up, and you know your schedule. You know what I mean? You know your schedule. You have kids, work, ministry, probably, and different things that you're doing or, or things that we are due. But sometimes we say, I don't have time. My day is full, right? My day is full with things that I do. I don't have time to get in God's word. But if I could ask you, <laughs> now I could ask you. How many times do you get on this phone? How many times do I get on this phone? Your phone even tells you how many hours or minutes you spend on this phone, and you say, I don't have time to get in God's word. Right? I don't have time to get in his word. What do you mean you don't have time to get in his word? You know what I challenged the church back home over in Queretaro? I challenged them. I said, hey, at one point of my life, when I read and I started reading about what these cell phones have done um, I think still have time. Uh, w- one of the things, there was a book that said, there was a book that said when the Apple phones and just phones, any technical device, any uh, TVs, there's a book that an author wrote and he said, uh, I'm trying to see if I can remember uh, what he said. He, he created, uh, he, he wrote a book and he said, people are going to be entertained till they die with these, with these things. They're going to be entertained till they die. And this is literally what's happening. And what he was saying, he was like, people are not going to know how to communicate and have a relationship with God and with people anymore. They're not going to know how to have a relationship because they have their whole entertainment here on their phones. This is what we do. We watch. We see everything. We don't need to be hanging out with friends anymore. I love what Pastor Tom said. This is church. Being with others is the church hearing their sorrows, what they're going through is the church. It's not being on a phone. It's not the church. And you're not in relationship with the Lord if you're not in his word. And one thing I challenged the church, and I have started doing already for about three months, is I was reading his word on my phone, but then after I would read his word, I would get and I would be more entertained and more uh, excited about things that I was watching on social media versus his word. And I was almost like looking at his word almost the same or this being above. more. I had more interest, more delight in this versus this. So what I started doing is I started not turning on my phone until I got in his word. And this is where I want to challenge the church here, saying, hey, if you have a phone, if you still have a phone and you read your, his word, read it. But don't turn on your data or your Wi-Fi until you spend time in the world. Amen. Don't do it. And I've been doing it and it's been a delight to me. It, it will be a delight to you. Seriously. And You start asking God, God, give me a delight for your word. Give me a delight for your, for getting to know you. Give me a delight to want to wanna be like you, Jesus. Amen. And, and, and what I've started doing is I read his word and I meditate on certain scriptures that I love. And I feel like God is speaking to me. I write it in my journal or I, I put a uh, put a bookmark or you could highlight it on your phone with the, the apps that they have now, what, what, what jumps out to you. And then in the rest of the day, as the, the psalmist says, I meditate in his word day and night. Because what happens if he's meditating in his word, in his relationship, he's in relationship with the Lord, he's going to bear fruit in season and out of season. We're reflecting Jesus because we're trying to be like him. Amen? And so what happens with me and what happens with the psalmist and what could happen with us is... When I have a hunger or an itch to want to see my sports, to want to see social media in the evening, what I do now is I bring out my notebook <laughs> and I try to remember what I was meditating and what grabbed my attention. In that, in that. Who's willing to do that? Who's willing to do that, church? Who's willing to do that, church? Nobody says amen? amen. Nobody says Amen. amen. You don't want to, serious, church, we should be wanting to do this. Seeking after his kingdom and his righteousness is seeking after the Lord. If you don't want to seek after the Lord and be like him, we're not going to reflect him. Serious. We're not going to reflect him. And we need to literally be seeking after him more than anything. else. More than anything. Seriously, more than anything. This should be something that you hunger and you thirst and you want to be part of your life. Like uh, I remember, one of my friends told me, I was running, I was exercising. I run uh, like three times a week. I try to be healthy, and uh, I was running, and and I have struggled with my weight for many years. Uh, and 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 I remember I was running one time, and one of my friends told me I, I was uh, he I was running, and right before I ran, he said, he said, you're not going to lose weight. You're not going to be healthy. If if you just do it once, Jose, this needs to be part of your life. This needs to be part of your life. And and, and I was like, yeah, I want to run be part of my life so I could be healthy. So I've been running for like at least two three years. It's part of my life. It's what I do. And now what I've been doing is what's been part of my life is I read His Word constantly. There's not a day that I don't go without reading His Word. That's part of my life. And when I started reading, when I read this psalmist and what the technology does to me and does to us, my own kids tell me, Dad, you're on the phone so much. (laughs) Serious. You're on this phone so much more than us. And I don't have a relationship with them sometimes. You know what I mean? It's literally not helping us communicate. But now I'm making this part of my life as I'm meditating in his Word." I'm enjoying it. I want this to be part of my life, and I believe this. if this is part of your life, God's going to bless you. You're going to be blessed, church. I'm serious. Don't don't uh, take my word for it. Take God's word for it, Amen. because the psalmist wrote it. Amen? Amen? And I want it to be part of my life, and I pray that this will be part of your life, too. Amen? And and, uh, and I just want to close with that. If the worship team could come up, I just want to close with that, church. As we... Uh, we approach this Thanksgiving season, I just want to challenge you, seriously, the cell phone challenge. Do it. It's going to bless your life. I'm serious. It's blessed my life already for three months, and I want it to literally be part of my life, and I I know that it will bless your life, too, and and what I want to just challenge you just this week, just to go back uh, with our points that we had, is... One, let's stop chasing after things that, that are not important. Two, let's seek after God's kingdom, letting him rule and reign in our life and letting other people be part of this family of God and we start telling people about the kingdom of God too. And three, let's seek after being like Christ. Amen? So we could stand on our feet and, uh, and let's pray. Yeah? I want to pray. I pray and... Uh, Time and, and uh, I'm just gonna pray and uh, Lord Jesus, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you, Lord, for allowing us to hear Your Word. Thank you, Jesus, that Your Word is is uh, what was taught here. And I just do pray that um, I pray in Jesus' name that You would do what You need to do. I thank You, Lord, that Your Word says that Your Word does not return void. And I pray in Jesus' name that it went out and spoke to me. I pray that it would have spoken to many people that are here and are hearing uh, your word. I pray in Jesus' name that it would bear fruit in our lives. And I pray in the end, Lord, that we would be people that truly fully uh, seek after you. We hunger and thirst for righteousness. We want to be like you, Father. And I ask and pray that you would help us, yes, Lord, not make uh, things that we have the important things, but we would make you our number one priority, and we would be kingdom-minded people that are all about you, all about your kingdom, and all about your righteousness, Lord. Help us, so we would glorify your name. We would thank you for all that you've done in our lives and around our lives, and what you want to do, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. And, and before, before I, as I was praying, I want to leave. Just if if you're here, and you're like Jose, you know what? don't have a a surety that i do have a relationship with the lord i don't have a hunger and thirst for righteousness i want you to just pray and repeat this prayer if you really want jesus to be lord of your life if you want god to be part of his kingdom be part of his family you could just pray you know i'm going to lead you in a prayer and you could pray in your heart and you could say lord jesus just say lord jesus i want you Be Lord of my life. I want your kingdom to come in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. I want you, yes, to be Lord of everything that I am. And I want you to call the shots. I want you to be my Savior in Jesus' name. And I pray. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would start giving me a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Church. Let's let's worship the Lord with this
1: creation suddenly articulate. With a thousand tongues to lift one cry. Then from north to south and east to west, we hear Christ be magnified. As we lift you up, Lord, we're the whole, we're the whole. His eminence, his name would burst from sea and sky, from rivers to the mountain tops. We'd hear Christ be magnified. So we lift it up, oh, Christ be magnified. And oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. And oh, Christ be magnified, from the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. When every creature, when every creature finds its inmost melody, and every human heart its native cry, oh, then in one enraptured hymn of praise we'll sing, Christ be magnified. be magnified, let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. And oh, Christ be magnified, from the altar of my life, Christ be magnified. to you Lord we seek you first and your righteousness I won't bow down to idols I'll stand strong and worship you and if it puts me in the fire I'll rejoice because you're there too I won't be formed by feelings i hold fast to what is true this is our prayer if the cross brings transformation i'll be crucified with you because death is just a doorway into resurrection life if i join you in your sufferings then i'll join you when you rise when you With all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing, my song will be the same. And oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me, I pray. Christ, be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ, be magnified in me. Be magnified, Lord, we lift you high. Let's just lift this up, our voices. And oh... Christ be magnified, let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. And oh, Christ be magnified, from the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me.
2: Yes, sir. I, we're going to uh, we're gonna pray out, but I want to say this. Um, it's been tradition for quite some time, I would say, for the last hundred years, that you would pray these prayers of salvation, and I'm all for that. But I've been around for 26 years. Jose, you've been around for a long time as well. I've prayed that prayer with quite a few people. Nowhere to be found today. Just being honest. I don't see that nowhere in the scripture. You want to make sure that you get in the river? You come. You know what our job is? To make as many accessible points into the presence of God that we can make. You've got life groups. Women's group. Who's in the women's group here? These are women that are going to love you and support you. There's couples groups. If you're you're a couple, get into this couple group. There's a men's group. You know how many men were at our group? our men's group this week four guys four guys not shaming nobody I know how it works I know how it works life gets in the way six o'clock at night you're like man I worked all day long I don't want to go nowhere hey I could write a book on that you know what? I'm going to tell you something I did a lot of stuff today and you know what happened when I got done all those things that I needed to do to make sure to service my car wouldn't start And you know what? I wanted to complain, but the Holy Spirit stopped me. Because he said, hey, if anyone knows about doing right and then receiving a curse, it's me. Jesus did it all right. I'll never do that. And you know what he got? Nails through his hands. Whipped to the point that you could see his exposed organs. Mocked as he was nakedly nailed to a tree. Why? So that You and I can live an abundant life. There are groups here. You want to follow Jesus? You come to those groups. We have prayer once a month. There's no reason we as a congregation can't come. We should have at least 25 people one time a month. I'm telling you, it's one of those things. It's like Jesus opens the door. He bursts that door open and he says, come on in. You want to come in? I'll give you all the blessings you long for. One of the key parts of that whole verse that that our brother read today was because those are the things that we have been indoctrinated. I'd like to say indoctrinated. We've been indoctrinated to believe we need to have happiness. And for years and years, well, if I got the right shoes, if I have the right car, if I have the right house, if I have the right job, if I have the right this, if I have the right that, and every single time, even when it came to marriage i got to be married. Then I'll find fulfillment. Didn't find it there. Had kids. Thought I'd do it. Fell in love with them different than I fell in love with anybody on earth. But I'll tell you this. They didn't fill me up. When I met Christ, that was the first time I ever felt filled up. And you know what? I drained because I'm real leaky. Like he says, I'm rough around the edges. But you know what, though? He keeps filling up. He keeps filling up. So here's your opportunity. Don't just pray a prayer. Pray a prayer and then do the walk. And that means you gotta make a choice. So, what we're gonna do is this we're gonna make a choice to do that. Okay? Here's another thing. I wanna say this as a congregation. I'm hoping that, but I have to ask the elders if they're in agreement, that our Christmas offering could be given to the work that's gonna be in, in Queretaro. Um, I also believe that by next year we should be, and my hopes is that we will be full fledged partners fledged partners you know what i know I, I know this churches come and go it's a fact they come and go not because that they're they lost their way sometimes parents go and then their kids are like ah, i don't want to do this and they go elsewhere they move away and congregations end because cultures change right you want to make sure this place stays do his will you do his will and what's his will that people would be saved lives would be transformed if we get in line with that this place will outlast any of us that's eternity we should chase after so let's pray for that so let's hold hands because that's what we do here we hold hands with each one another because we are united and connected even if we don't act like it i want us to pray father god Thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you so much for the powerful word here today. Thank you for the humility in which it was delivered, Lord God. You know, it's so great. We don't need gifted preachers. We don't need great teachers. We don't need all these things. They're wonderful to have, but what we really need is your spirit. Your spirit who portrays, who who conveys your truth. Uh, You speak to us individually like a parent speaks to their individual child. They may have six kids, in your case millions of kids, but you speak to everyone the same message, but you speak very, very much differently to each one of them. So I'm asking that you would speak to us, Father God. Speak to us all. Tell us what we should do, Lord God. Then not only tell us, empower us. Make us hunger and thirst. And this is our prayer as one body Brothers and sisters, as family, in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen.